Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Laura. Welcome to Where Work Meets Life. We're here for another episode with Dr. Alan Patterson. I'm so excited to discuss how you will measure your life, the true meaning of success. So Alan Patterson wrote this wonderful book, Burn Ladders, Build Bridges. And I was very intrigued, uh, having founded, co-founded Canada Career Counseling. And for the last 13 years, our team has been working with thousands of Canadians on career pivots and finding meaning in their careers. And along came this new book on the market by someone with um, many, many years of experience working with organizations um, such as the U.S. Navy, for example, and Major League Baseball, et cetera, et cetera, and working with, with leaders and companies and then deciding to write a book about the true meaning and purpose um, around career. So in this episode, we're going to talk about broadly life and and what success means in life and talking to this wonderful, wise person, Dr. Alan Patterson. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Dr. Lars. Great to be back. Excellent. So the world obviously is full of challenge these days. I would argue that it's always been, but these days in particular, there's a lot of challenge and uncertainty, whether it's the pandemic, economic uncertainty, the war or wars, uh, polarization in people's views, whether it's Republican, Democrat, whether it's uh, right wing, left wing um, governments, whether it's vaccines or no vaccines. So it's a really trying time for people in so many ways. How do you think it's impacting people when it comes to finding meaning in their work and life? Well, at first I thought that somebody had hit the pause button. But now I believe that somebody hit the stop button. I think that's what's happening. I think what I've seen is the greatest impact is that people have been caught, originally were caught off guard and were then the, the, the level of suffering came, has come through this sense of isolation and this, the dramatic changes that have grown out of that. Uh, so I think that what people are doing is really just the, the idea that they're taking a break, a, an emotional break. Uh, I, it, I know you're interested in this too. It's like, how can somebody leave their job without having another job. That that would have been a cardinal sin, if I might say it that way, years ago. It's like, no, don't do that. Don't don't give up your job till you find another job. And it's like I can't I, I can't take this. I'm not gonna do this. So I, I think what's happened is that there are more people that are rethinking their careers. I think the kids, uh, kids, that's a little strong. I think the recent college graduates, I think they're approaching the world of work differently as a whole. Uh, all the Gallup work, which is, seems to be on top of it, four out of five new graduates are saying they want meaning and purpose in their job. They may not fully know what that means, but they want to do something that's not just what a, the the old definition of a job 
Yeah. And they're willing to hop if it's not there. And and one of my psychologists on our team, our psychologist who works out of Halifax, she just wrote an article on debunking the myths around job hopping, that it's actually not a terrible thing to hop jobs, right? It's more about intentionally doing so. And what I'm hearing, Alan, is that you're seeing a lot of this as well in your area. Yeah, it. it and to your point earlier, earlier, Dr. Laura, you know, this sense of, of uh, not despair, but uncertainty. I mean, this has been around for a long time and, and it's been under this, maybe been under the radar. But the, the amount of stress, I can only imagine the number of clients you've dealt with that talk that are torn about where their priorities are and the balance and all those things that go around it. It's, it sucks. It is stressful. And so it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive an hour and a half of one way to work because I'm making a few thousand dollars more. Exactly. People are willing to move um, for more flexibility and less money. And that's what I keep preaching as a remote and hybrid work expert is this this whole thing that we've learned about people can be productive working from different locations, depending on the person, depending on the job. But man, like don't pull that all back. Don't go back to the way it was 100% because you're going to lose good people. That I can guarantee. Absolutely. Well put. So why are so many people unhappy today in their jobs? And what trends are you seeing as a result? Obviously, the great resignation, the great reevaluation, I like to call it, people leaving without a job. But like, is there anything else you're noticing about the levels of unhappiness and why that is? Well, with the, the crew that's in that mid-range uh, of their careers, I think this is just... I think there's that level of, uh, I think people are worn out. That's what I want to say. I think people are emotionally worn out. It's the, you know, this, the door opened and a tsunami came in. And I think people have, are really questioning uh, some more deeply than others. I mean, people need jobs. They need jobs uh to put food on the table, but I think it has kindled, not rekindled, the important situations and circumstances we need to think about when it comes to equity and fairness and inclusion. I mean, people want to be respected and acknowledged. And I think there's that level of unhappiness that was always there, but the dam broke and it it's coming through loud and clear. I don't think we'll ever see work the way we, again, the way we saw it prior to 2020. And, but this doesn't mean that the real big problems go away. I agree. And certainly glad for my skill set being put to good use these days, um, especially this whole flexible hybrid remote work topic. I'm just so passionate about, but meaning fulfillment you know, growth, appreciation, all these things. So if you're not doubling down on leadership development and true leadership development, not just lip service to it. Now let's bring in a workshop. Good. Check. Done. <laughs> I'm with you hundred percent. To me, if it's, you say, well, 
Okay, Dr. Patterson, give, give me the nugget from the company side, because I'm going at this from the personal side. I'm saying it's up to you to find purpose and meaning. If you're a ladder burner, that's what you're going to do. It's not going to come because somebody's giving it to you. But I would say if you if you tell me, look, help me with an organization. How do you go after it? the organization side? I couldn't agree with you more, Dr. Lar. It's not I'm beginning to believe it's not, you know, we first it's like, how do you make managers leaders? I think we're in a position now to say, how do you make leaders teachers and coaches? And you get that people will develop, people will stay with you and then they'll leave and more people want to come work for you. But not the, the classic manager. No, come on. Old school people are not going to put up with it. I'm sorry. It's I don't care if it's a you know lockstep kind of business where you say, well, you you can't just go off and do anything you want. Well, it's more about how people are led than what the business itself is. Exactly, and people will remember how you made them feel. <laughs> where did you learn that? I mean, how long ago did you make that realization? Yesterday, uh, 2020. I mean, it's not like active listening. Well, when did that become such a popular topic? Well, guess what? It always has been. People have always wanted to be respected and noticed. And that's why it's like, can't we do that? I don't, I don't think that's that hard. Thanking people? No, I don't thank people because it's their job. Well, you're stupid. You're missing the opportunity. Thank you, Dr. Laura. Thank you, Steve. This is a kick. I, I am dead serious. The people that this is the thinking that has to be engineered out or, because people are not tolerating. I'm not saying this is giving in and we're going, you know, all the way to the dark side on on just caring about making sure people get what they want. People are smarter than that. They know that that's not going to be the case. But to feel like there's a sense of fulfillment. Somebody asked me yesterday, well, what does that feel like? I said, think of the, the most fun you ever had at work. And they described something. I said, that's it. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's not something dramatic. It's just that, damn, that was good. Exactly. So you talk about building relationships, obviously, a fair bit in your book, and you specifically mentioned givers versus takers. And that stood out to me because I've known plenty of both. <laughs> and I'd like to know a little bit more about how you define these and what our listeners should know about givers versus takers in their lives. Well, I, I'd love to claim credit for it. I can't. This is Adam Grant, tried and true. This is his, not only his book, but his philosophy. And it just crystallized for me. Uh, I, I've always felt on a personal basis in relationships that when you're in a relationship, and I don't mean a, a, a romantic relationship, but any relationship with a taker, it sucks you dry. It just, it's, it's emotionally draining excuse me, no emotional oxygen whatsoever. And I went back and looked at Grant's book and it, it's saying that people at work in the workforce, about 92% will, will claim to be takers. What that means is it's an ego base. Uh, I'm trying to get as much as I can for myself and achieve. Whereas givers are people that put 
other people in the center of their universe, not themselves. And it's like, oh, we're talking about doing social work or going to work for some nonprofit. No. Oh, yes. But it's bigger than that. So it's no, 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 no. I'm talking about people that truly believe that they want to and can help other people succeed. They're givers. And you know what? They're not pushovers. I wrote about one in my book and this particular person who I know very well is uh, president of her company. She's in business uh, with uh, her father and uh, not that that means anything. She's clearly out there on her own and she's just smiling and getting it done and kicking butt when she has to. And it's like, that's a giver. And it shows the business has benefited from that. Wonderful. Yes. And my episodes with Cy Wakeman, which it's really, really, if you haven't listened to them, they're really powerful, I'd say impactful for, for sure. And one of her topics is overgiving in her book called Life's Messy, Live Happy, and how we can overgive as well, which can be a form of control and a form of burning us out, etc. So what would you say about being a giver versus an overgiver? Well, an, an overgiver is putting themselves, putting other people so far ahead of them that they're, this is down the road to not good enough, just a different version. And it's, it's the, all that, if this becomes so self-sacrificial, then where are you in that situation? Where are you? What, what is, psychologically speaking, what's the gain for you in something like that? And Grant makes a, a he, he, you know, he researches the heck out of all, all that he talks about. He says givers are at the bottom of the of the that scale in terms of who rises to, you know, who who rises up that chain of value, if you will. They're at the bottom and they're at the top. And the difference is the ones at the bottom are the ones that are the overgivers, whereas the ones at the top are givers with an understanding of how they help others succeed. Wonderful. And Adam Grant is one of my favorites, being an organizational psychologist like I am, being a thought leader. You know, I just, yeah, he's one of my idols for sure. And one day, maybe he'll be on my podcast. I'm putting it out there, Adam. Adam, come on, let's do it, buddy. Well, we're probably only one degree of separation being in our field. There's not a whole lot of IO psychologists. It's not like a dentist where there's, you know, so many. Our field is a little more niche. Okay, that's your that's your challenge. Right, Adam? Okay. <laughs> that's my challenge. I'm up for it. So in the end of your book, Dr. Allen, you write a creative commencement address where you so my question is, what do you wish students would learn early on before they embark into the world of work? Well, that is a great question. And uh, to me, it's understanding that moving forward, so much emphasis has been put on achieving, getting the right answers, achieving results. And as much of a cliche as it may sound, it really is going to be around the people uh, aspect of what you're doing and who you're doing it with and the relationships that you build. And, and the commencement dress address was to my kindergarten class. Not, not literally. I mean, 
that kindergarten is closed. But I walked away from writing that saying, you know what, maybe the best days of your life were on the playground. And I think the, the curiosity, imagination, uh, making sure everybody's okay, uh, having fun, we're missing those things. And what I'm telling people is as they move forward in their careers, I'm hopeful uh, that those are the criteria that they're basing their success on, not just climbing the ladder. So it's not just achievement. It's about the relationships you can build. Yeah. And it's about having fun. And I like how you said that not every day will be fun. Not every hour will be fun. There's difficult parts to any job in any career, right? But in general, if you can find a state of flow some of the time where time passes quickly and it really doesn't feel like work, then wow, have you achieved something special. And people think it's serendipitous. I say no, no, and no. It's not. That's It's because this is what you're seeking in here with people that want the same thing. Oh, isn't it ironic that we're one degree of separation from somebody? No, it's not ironic at all. It's not serious. It's not by chance. It's because when you're out there, this is what happens. And I like that. To your point, I like the curiosity. I like like, well, how did you get involved in this? And what's critical and important to you? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And the, I think the rise in human consciousness and connectedness, all that's happening. And it's just so interesting. And I'm I'm totally keen to speak more on that and just figure out how different people are interpreting it. Sure. I hear you. Do you find that like human consciousness is there's this connectedness and this rise in human consciousness for some of us, not all of us? I, Dr. Laura, I hope and pray. Uh, let me tell you this. I'm finding those people, but I'm going out and looking for them. I, although you found me and I'm grateful for that. And so what I'm saying is, but I, I do see it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the predominant theme, uh, but I do see more people willing to entertain that what once seemed like hocus pocus, uh, uh, West in the U.S. West Coast <laughs> laid back psychology. It's like, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, how do you feel about work-life balance? Oh, that's just what kids are saying. Well, guess what? What's bad about that? What's bad about work-life balance and not killing yourself? I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty smart. I think it's really smart. What's bad about that? So I don't know. Is that what we're talking about? I say it's that and more. Yeah, yeah. I would say, say it's e even more, but that's... That's part of it is being well physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, those four things. Um, and I look forward to exploring those more as, as the podcast uh, grows and matures. And um, I want to move on to ask you about different uh, resources that you love and would recommend to people. I can tell, uh, Alan, that you're an avid curator of knowledge and learning yourself, right? Well, I, I appreciate that. There's some that would, would disagree with my level of uh, intellect, but, but we'll we'll say that for another broadcast. Yes, yes, I like it. One book, one podcast, or more that you'd recommend to others who want to dive deeper into meaning and purpose in their careers and lives. 
Yeah, I, I, I would have several, but I'm going to give you one of each. I think, uh, uh, I pulled this out, her uh, Mania Abar's book on Act Like a Leader, Think Like a Leader. It's the action comes first. It's not the head stuff. It, and then it's, what is the theory, is is a great book and really eye-opening and, and showing you how action can produce that kind of um Con connections not only with other people, but also in this revelation of what's critical and important to you. And in terms of podcasts, I mean, I, uh, uh, Lori Santos from Yale with the Happiness Lab. I, I mean, I just enjoy, I don't, I'm not a daily listener, but I just, I just like her stuff. I just, just makes a whole lot of sense. Wonderful. I, uh, I'm going to share that in our show notes and in our monthly newsletter um, and and in the blog that I write as a result of, of these episodes. So thank you for those recommendations. I just love expanding the resources for others, including myself. So I will tune into that podcast. What would you do if you didn't need to sleep and could use that time on whatever else you wanted to do, Alan? I went to Northern Ireland about three years ago, a year before COVID, on a photography trip. I met some incredible people. I would give anything to spend my time going around the world on a photography trip. And why aren't you going to do this? Uh, well, I, that, I am going to do it. Good. That's the answer I wanted. <laughs> I'm not sure when. I've, I've traveling has just worn me out, Doctor Laura. Uh, it, it has freaked me out. Um, and if I, I got to get my mojo back, but it was the people I met. Uh, one couple in particular. It's just like uh, he he really was. He wasn't Al Gore. He really did work on the internet. And his wife, his, uh, his, she did as well. And she was an interior designer and they were smart and funny. And it's like, well, where do you meet those people? Well, they like photography. So I, I, I could eat that up every day, every day. And you will. Oh, well, God bless you. Thanks. You're going to make me do it. Get that bucket list out again. Okay. Well, you get Adam Grant on and then I, 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 I want to, opportunity to him as well. But you get that done, I'll be on my worldwide tour. Adam Grant? So if I have a conversation with Adam Grant? I'll be, I'll be all around the world. Oh. My next call to you will be from Kuala Lumpur or someplace. Deal. Okay. I always say, I always say, if you don't ask, the answer is no, which I learned from my dear friend Conroy Cantor. If you don't ask, the answer is no. So you got to just ask and you got to ask in different ways and through connections, right? So I think that's about building bridges, right? I have bridges in organizational psychology internationally. Adam Grant's one of those. Like You're one. It's not Kevin Bacon. You're not six. You're one. Let go, let's go on that. It may, you may, and it's a little harder because you've got to find the one. You're not going for the one to another. You'll find it. Yeah, no, deal. So we'll be in touch on that, you know, in the coming months. <laughs> so start looking into your uh, destinations of choice in this beautiful world. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could have one wish for a better world, 
what would it be? Stop being so fearful of people that are different. They really aren't different because it's the fear that leads to hate. And uh, just stop it. Just appreciate that people can be different. And the reality, in my mind, they really aren't. I, I just, just, what are you complaining about? What are you scared of? Yeah, really well put, right? It's not leading with fear, judgment, etc. because we have way more in common than we do differently across the world. And that, that would propel you and me, I would like to join in on this, on this curiosity binge. It's like, wouldn't you want to, that's part of the photography thing. It's like, could I take one picture that would capture the essence of a something? I mean, photography, that's, you, you want poetry, you want photography, you want essays, you want podcasts. What do you want? It's like, can you, that's, that's the intrinsic part. You should come up to our beautiful Rocky Mountains. We can meet in person and do some pho photography out here. It's beautiful. I, I've been there once. I'll do it again. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, it, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you for your time and wisdom, Alan. Thank you so much, Dr. Lawrence. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Where Work Meets Life. If you enjoyed this content, please rate and review the podcast as that helps me get it out to more people. Visit my website at drlaura.live and sign up for my monthly e-newsletter full of tips and resources. Please engage with us on social media and check out the podcast summary for links to my psychology practices, Canada Career Counseling, Calgary Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology. Stay well.